Welcome to the Building PA Podcast, the voice of the construction industry throughout Pennsylvania. Here are your co-hosts, Chris Martin and John O'Brien. Hello and welcome to the Building PA Podcast. I am your co-host, John O'Brien from the Keystone Contractors Association, coming to you from the Quandle Studio right here in central Pennsylvania. Joined as always by fellow co-host residing on the left side of the state, Chris Martin. Chris, how are we doing today, sir? Hey, John. It's good to see you. I am doing well and looking forward to a lovely weekend and a great conversation today. Everyone, good day. It's good to hear from you. My name is Chris Martin, and I am the president of Atlas Marketing, and we tell stories for people who build things and encourage you to check us out at atlasstories.com. And unfortunately, I don't have a a cool studio like John. So if you're out there and you're interested, we would love to talk to you so we can have another Quandle construction studio on the west side of it. I like how you say, have a good weekend, where we typically do these Wednesday afternoons. This is like an away game or something. Like you used to play at a, you used to play at a PNC Park, and now we're like, now we're going to like Fenway or somewhere, you know, somewhere different. Yeah. So we got we got to adjust yeah. and still play the game, you know. This is so, true. Unfortunately, yes. we're we're not on the road though. We need to get it back out on the road. So hopefully that'll too. happen too. We do, you absolutely. know. But today we have a a great episode for you. Uh, this is part of our mental health and wellness series, and uh, you know we're thrilled and honored to have someone that I've known, I guess four, maybe five, six years or so. It's a step down for him. I mean, he's been quoted in the Wall Street Journal. So this is just some small little podcast here. But (laughs) of course, I'm talking about Mark St. Cyr, Carpenter Union member, superintendent from the western part of the state. Mark, welcome to the show here. It's great to finally see you. You and I have talked on the phone many times, texted each other and and both have been interviewed by the Wall Street Journal. But now here we are talking on a podcast, seeing each other on a, on a video here. So life is good. Welcome, Mark. Thank you. Uh, I, I'm very, really excited about uh, giving the opportunity to speak to people about something that uh, I'm very passionate about, the health and uh, you know, the mental health of the guys in the field that, that work with me on a day-to-day basis. And then you know what I do in the evenings and, and weekends to... Uh, Help other people suffering with uh, you know substance abuse disorder. So yeah, this is a great opportunity to get the word out there and let everybody know that like you know at the end of the day we do recover. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, as long as we do our part, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's, it's very exciting for me. Yeah, and I am a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Don't great. be. Yes. Yeah. Don't be. Yeah, I'm, I'm just so yeah, I'm so fortunate and and happy that you know five years ago when. When the Keystone Contractors was doing so so much on opioid awareness and drug and alcohol awareness, Tim Chesley, our, our mutual friend Tim, said, uh, you guys are doing some good stuff. You really got to meet this guy, Mark. I mean, he could really put it over the edge and really help you a lot. So I'm, I'm just so thankful for the relationships in the industry where I get to meet people like you. But for the benefit of our audience, I know you and, and Chris is getting to know you, but our audience might not know who Mark is. So, so who is Mark? Mark is, uh, well, I can sort of sharing this. Mark is a guy that's uh, suffered a lot of mental health issues, um, you know, some struggles here and there, you know, early in my life, um, you know, the lifestyle that uh, I was brought into. Uh, and, and I've had the opportunity to recover. You know, I've been sober now since uh, December 28th, 2007. And I think that uh, everything that has happened to me to date has given me the opportunity to grow into the person I am. So I don't really have any regrets, you know, about my past because 
had anything changed, I may not be sitting here at this given moment, having this opportunity to share my story, you know, to let other people know out there that like, you don't have to live like that anymore. You know, there's a better way of life if you're suffering from substance abuse disorder. Maybe you drink a little too much. Maybe you're hooked on pills or something. Or maybe you have another uh, addiction, you know, that's, that, that you suffer from. Uh, you know, there is the opportunity to recover and get better. So, And that's, that's Mark. You know, I spent a lot of my life, you know, uh, giving back to the community. Great. Mark, you, you mentioned your past. I don't want to push or you, you, you go as far as you want, but I want to ask, within your past, has really kind of, I guess, gotten you to the point where you are being that, you know, giving back and, and being a community leader that you are. And can you talk a little bit about that? Again, it's how, how comfortable you feel. I'm really comfortable with who I am, you know, and, and to share my story. I, I can say that, like, early on in my life, I was brought up in an environment that, like, you know, men don't cry. Men don't share their uh, feelings, you know. And my uncle, uh, <clears throat> he came back from Vietnam. And he was quite intoxicated. And I was probably maybe, from what I can remember, I want to say I was seven or eight years old, you know. And at that time, he did some uh, some things that weren't very comfortable. You know, he, he molested me as a child. And when I brought that to my parents' attention, my mom was really um, sympathetic and uh, understood. And, you know, my uncle really didn't remember anything because he was drunk, you know. And that was pretty much when, you know, my addiction kicked in, you know. It, I can remember at that age, running with my buddy, uh, we used to go to the neighbor's porches back then. All, all the local natives had uh, cases of Iron City returnables, cases of past Blue Ribbon returnables, and they were always on their porch or under their porch. And, you know, we used to run around and, and, and steal them and drink them. But as long as we put the returnables back, you know, we never got caught. You know, so that's pretty much when my addiction started, you know, right after that happened. And, and, and part of that was, you know, when my, my father came home, and I can remember I was sitting there right beside the phone. We had the old dial-up phones back then, showing my age here a little bit. <laughs> uh, so I can We've say, all been there. <laughs> yeah. It was like 77, 70, 69, somewhere, sometime around then. Uh, I can remember the cord, you know, right beside me. And uh, my father came in, and I was upset, and I was crying. And, and uh, he looked at me, and he said, What's going on with you today? And I, I kind of told him, he said, well, are you hurt? And I was like, no. And he says, well, then you need to stop crying and talk to me before I give you something to cry about. You know, and, and, and at that point in my life, I, I just realized that like, wow, I really wasn't comfortable. And I started using, you know, and uh, at a very young age, very young age. And that continued and that progressed. Uh, I can remember how that how my disease, you know, festered, you know, because I come out of Sunday school and a friend of mine come up to me and he said, hey. You want to smoke some weed? And I can remember it was in a little secrets uh, container. I was like, sure, why not? You know, I didn't, I wasn't comfortable, you know, in my own skin. I didn't want to feel what I was feeling, you know. So from that early age in life, I used a chemical or something to alter my feelings, to feel. So I feel good all the time, you know what I mean? But what I realized, how the, all these things processed and, you know, the events throughout my life, you know, things that had happened between got married very young, still married to this day. You know, God bless her. She's an angel. <laughs> but uh, kind of jumping around a little bit. So 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 my disease progressed over these over the years. And it pretty much was just alcohol and weed uh, until I went into the split option program to the military. You know, in 81, I went to the military 
my junior year pretty much put me on a path to, um, you know, graduate high school because I come back and then I was able to graduate high school and uh, I got married that same year and everything was pretty cool. My disease was kind of like in remission, I could say, you know, because I was kind of like on a new journey in my life and it was pretty, pretty nice. And then uh, it was a couple years later, we had a, a fire in the house in my apartment. My wife had, uh, she had uh, second degree burns on her legs. My youngest daughter, my oldest daughter now, but uh, at the time she was my youngest. She just, she had uh, second or third degree burns on 60% of her legs because the mesh on the playpen stuck to her legs when my wife pulled her out and they evacuated the house. And then, you know, like it was just like instantly, I really wasn't comfortable with where I was. And I, I started drinking again and um, started smoking weed again. And then it progressed to uh, some other drugs. I started doing a little bit of, uh, can't remember actually what it was at this point. But, but anyways, what I had found out was just like anytime any type of event would happen, you know, I would, uh, I would, I would use a chemical, primarily alcohol, to escape that feeling. Hey, Mark, can I ask you a question? You know, like, and, and please don't take my interruption. Right now, as you're, as you're working with other construction, you know, other guys and the carpenters uh, and, and within the industry as a whole, what are you telling them? How are you helping them to kind of recognize that there's a way out? So I'm pretty open with the guys at work and they understand who I am and what I do, you know. Uh, so when say we get a new guy on site, you know, uh, I'll introduce myself and then, you know, I, I right away, I start to let him know that like, it's okay to come to me with anything. You know, you can come to me and talk to me. I'll share my story with the guys so, so that they, they're comfortable sharing back. You know what I mean? I always wanna, cause a lot of times if you just, you don't let other people know where you're at, what's going on in your life and who you are, then they don't know that they can, you know, come to you and talk, you know, and that's important mm -hmm. that they understand that. Was it tough getting to that point? Because, you know, we're in, as you said, a men don't cry type of industry, a tough, you know, men keep it bottled up. Was it hard getting to that point where you're able to be that person on the job site to say, hey, it's okay to... To open oh, for me, it, yeah, yeah, there was a there was a lot of um, shame and guilt with me, you know, and, and uh, I had become that person that I didn't want to be, you know. So I'm able to uh, through through the through the time that I, I've spent, you know, in, in recovery, I'm able to like talk to them on a one to one level. I guess I mean they like I I will tell them straight up like it, you know, uh, if they come into work late, you know. I'm able to recognize certain behaviors um, and, and things like that. And I'll, I'll ask them, I said, was you out drinking last night? You okay? You know, um, do you need to take a minute, you know, and let them know, like, it, it, if there's something bothering you, you can come to me and talk, you know, because it's important that they understand that, that I'm not going to judge them. I'm not here for that. How was that received, Mark? Like, how, do you, a lot, a lot of your colleagues and, you know, they're, they're, they're coming back to you and going, yeah, okay, I, I feel comfortable with this. And what's the feedback that you get? Well, usually right away, <laughs> uh, they, 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 they tend to uh, back off, you know what I mean? And it takes, it takes a couple of weeks of them getting to know who I am and how I'm talking to other people. And then they'll, they'll start to build a relationship with some of the other guys at the, on the site. And then they'll know that, like, okay, that yeah, we can go talk to Mark, and he ain't gonna. It's not gonna go any further. 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah, yeah, that level of trust. There's a there's a huge level of trust, yeah. you know, yep. and and if one of the guys and then they'll find out, but like if they come to me and tell me something personal, I'm not gonna go around the construction site and share that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and there's like he said, there, there's a level of trust there, but you know, trust is earned; it's not given. You know what I mean? And that's where it starts. So we're on this this journey of Mark. You know, we're going through the different phases, and now you got you're building up levels of trust. And then you take it to the next level and you build these homes to help others. Can you touch on the homes here? Because this is awesome what you're doing. Yeah. Um, what I've through my process of recovery is that the, a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, people coming out of these treatment facilities, you know, had to go back to that same environment to where they they the, the uh, addiction was uh, rampant. They were um, they're around people they were using the the house that they were in it's 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 just so by doing these houses we give them the opportunity to live with like-minded people at the men's house we have a guy who is uh very instrumental and on how he shares and how he speaks to the guys at the house and and he makes it a, a warm caring loving environment for these guys to come from treatment to the house and we try to do it as cheap as possible like the stay at our house only costs thirteen dollars and thirty-two cents a day. And and you have t- two, correct? Yes, we have a, a men's house and a women's house. We went through the inspections last week, and uh, it's not official official yet. But like by the end of next week, it will. Um, we had the inspections. We had our policies, procedures, rules, regulations, and everything blessed by the state. So. <laughs> If you ever been around labor and industries before, uh, you know, kind of like an elevator inspection, you know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it, it was a process, but yeah, we got through it. Yeah. Where are those houses located, Mark? Okay, so we have them. Uh, one's lo- they're both in Manesson in Westmoreland County. The men's house is lo- located at the twelve oh five Nash. Women's house is at seventeen McKee. How do, how does like if, if if one of our listeners is out there and, and says you know what man this sounds like a great opportunity how do, what's the process for them to go through to to get to this house realizing that in the next week or two it's going to become official but how, how can people if they're if they're out there really hurting how can they how can they get help okay so right now they can go to our webpage at uh, you know www.clubserenityinc.com. And then you'll see some of the um, different events and stuff like that that we have here, what time the meetings are scheduled. And then you'll also, when you go, you'll see another page there where you can pull up an application and fill out the application. And you send that over to uh, Mindy, who is our executive secretary. She'll review the documents to make sure that she works in the uh, mental health industry. And she'll, she'll look through there to make sure that, like, you're not really needing a higher level of care than what we can offer. Right. Um, you know, we want to make sure that they're getting the right mental health that they need. Within the, the structure of this, is there, like you just mentioned, mental health, is is there also alcohol addiction, uh, drug addiction? Like, uh, help us understand what what's actually going to be the care or the support or the, the program that'll co- that'll help help people. Okay, well, the, the program that we we offer, and we're pretty, we're pretty structured, okay? Um, so, what we ask for the new the, the new person in the house is they do a, a seven day blackout 
so that they get the opportunity to get any of their personal affairs in order. They'll stay in the house or they, they can leave the house with uh, a senior brother or senior sister. And then the first seven days, we like them to make sure that they've uh, taken care of their medication, made appointments with all their mental health doctors and make sure that they're, you know, and if they don't have them, that we can refer them to somebody. And then they'll be required to do a 30-day a review with us to make sure that they're making their evening meetings or afternoon meetings. Uh, we require them to do 90 meetings in 90 days. Um, and these are meetings that help with uh, recovery, you know, uh, 12-step programs. Sounds awesome. Good stuff. Because you know, a lot of times when they come to us, they don't have uh, – they don't usually don't have a driver's license. They don't, they, they have one, but they don't physically have one, you know, they, and we help them get their, their driver's license, their social security card, you know, the birth certificate, things that you need in life. Cause usually when they, when, when you get to your bottom, all your stuff's in a garbage bag, you know, you're usually catching a lot with somebody to work because you lost your license. Well, Mark, can, can you, again, for the listeners out there, what, what are some things like on a job site? that or anywhere else in an office setting i mean at home anywhere that are things to look for that would be you know kind of the the telltale signs that somebody needs help usually the the telltale signs um which a lot of people should be familiar with but they're really not if you're if you're addicted to opiates okay or or you're you're taking pain medication you're spending a lot of time in the bathroom is if you're abusing the drugs that they're giving you, you're not taking the um, the stool softeners that are required to take with that medication, and uh, you get very constipated. They'll spend hours, literally, they'll like disappear into the bathroom for an hour, um, and that's usually, you know. <laughs> and if you work construction, the only place you're going is a porta john. You know what I mean? So if yeah. somebody's in the porta john for a half hour, forty five minutes, uh, uh, there's a light that comes on in my mind. <laughs> are you okay? You know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, let's check on them, and then and they'll they'll start to perspire a lot. You know what I mean? They'll they'll sweat before everybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll start being late to work. They'll always have an excuse why they have to leave early, especially on payday. You know what I mean? And and then there are some of the really telltale signs. You you and like I can tell by the color of their skin sometimes because they're going to look a little jaundice, especially Mm -hmm. with alcohol. You know, you'll be able to tell that like something's really going on because their skin color is not vibrant. Right. You know, you can tell. And, you know, Mark, I, I have to say your story is is quite impressive and amazing, the work that you're doing. But I think just that last minute, the minute and a half that you just shared with the the, the things to look for, that is is going to be impactful. Sweating, going running to the restroom, taking, you know, leaving early on payday. Those are fantastic telltale signs to try to reach out to people. And, and, and hopefully our listeners are, are hearing that and, and able to translate that not only in the job sites, but in the offices and anywhere else that people are, are, are really hurting right now. Yeah. I, I can't thank you enough for sharing that. That's fantastic. Those are things I never thought I never would have thought of either. It's been around a little while. So, yeah, I, I do see these things. And, and um, that's one of the times when they... They, we have this trust relationship at the, on the job site. So I'll walk over to them and I'll say, hey, you know, I just realized that, you know, something's really going on with you. Do you want help? Can, can I offer you any help? What can I do to, to like, and, and, and if they'll open up at that time, then, then it gives me the opportunity to let them know that like, okay, so you'll have a job when you come back. Mm-hmm. I want you to know that. 
right now off the bat. I'll, I'll you just go to treatment and then do whatever your uh, your counselor recommends. If he recommends you to go to a halfway house, go to the halfway house. You know, you'll still have a job. We'll make sure you get to and from my connections that I have and people back and forth. We can get them back and forth to work because that's that's part of uh, a recovery is being a productive member of society. You know, you also said something that I think is pretty impressive or amazing in terms of the simple question, do you need help? Is that how you recommend like talking to people that have, that you're seeing these signs? Like what, what's that first question and what's the best way for our listeners to, to ask that, kind of reach out? I'll usually start off with like, are, are you okay? I noticed you were, you were, you know, you've been running late and you spend an awful lot, a lot of time, you know, in the restroom. Are you okay? You know, mm-hmm. what's going on, you know, and, and try to start the conversation. And, and, and if I have that relationship with that employee, I can go straight up to and say, hey, I think I think you got something going on and you and I need to have a conversation that will never leave the trailer. But when, when you need to come into the trailer, we need to talk because I, I feel that like and then once we get inside, you know, I just if they're not willing to um be honest, you know, I'll share my story and tell them where I came from and tell them that like, you don't have to live like that anymore. There's opportunities out there for you that we can help you feel better. Too bad there's not a mark on every job site. <laughs> Although we are getting more and more. So we, I think our industry is is getting better. <clears throat> I will admit that. So, But we have a long way to go. Mark, your story is amazing. It's awesome. And I could listen to it all day. I do want to take you up on the offer you know, to come out and visit and see your homes. But then that little thing called COVID got in the way and kind of tabled that idea. But one of these days, you know, we'll we'll set that up and grab a lunch or something together and I'll be out there to visit. Um, really enjoyed today. It's probably our best episode ever. Awesome, awesome discussion. Uh, the lessons and the advice you gave is is awesome and truly can be make a difference on construction job sites across Pennsylvania. So on on behalf of the Building PA podcast. Just thank you for your time, your wisdom, your expertise, and and sharing your story. Thank you so much, Mark. You're welcome. And if I can say anything else to the uh, superintendents out there um, and guys running work, when you get up in the morning and go to work, you know, and you're quite fortunate to have that ability to go into work, go with some empathy. Go with some understanding because you don't know what happened to that guy last night. You don't know that if he was up all night because his daughter was in the emergency room or, you know, his wife just got diagnosed with breast cancer or he just found out that his son is using, you know, or lost a loved one to to, to the disease. So, yeah, go to work with some empathy. And, and before you go off, take a minute, reflect on yourself and then speak to them honestly and say, hey, you know, uh, I want you to have a good day today. And just be polite. You know, um, we we can't change this thing overnight. I think that like if yeah, everybody does their part and just becomes more welcoming. Because in in a construction field, you know, from where it was when I started to where I'm at now, it's changed. But it, it it's pretty rude to be honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's it it's very uh it's very rude. But at, at times, but like I think that at like the end of the day, that if we can go to work with some empathy, like I shared earlier, uh, you know, and 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 just be more understanding. So you really don't know what that guy went through last night. You don't know you weren't there, you know, and and you could say the wrong things, and 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 they're having a bad day, and that reflects on there because everybody works with a partner in our industry, 
you have a guy that's beside you and now you ruin this guy's day and the next guy's day is running because he ran late because he was at the hospital all night and you jumped this shit. Well, Mark, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. And, and uh, something tells me we're going to have you on and more and more and, and really dive into this more. So thank you. You're welcome. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for joining the Building PA podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook and visit buildingpapodcast.com to subscribe to upcoming shows. Thanks for listening.